Welcome back, everyone, to the Dub Club. Um, I am glad to be back myself. This is Vanessa Wilborn. We have Tiffany Wilborn here today. Missing one of our Dub Club ladies, Amber. She's resting up after doing multiple events with her youngins. Um, we've been out for a little bit for personal reasons, family health emergencies, and various other things. But we're glad to be back and to continue highlighting and talking about women in sports. We have a lot to catch up on. However, um, we would first like to talk about a very special guest that we have. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is Tiffany. I am so pleased to introduce our guest. Um, we're going to ask her a few questions today and then kind of uh, do a little wrap up and we'll be back later in the week for another podcast. But again, I am Again, kind of fangirling a little bit, but we have Miss um, Aaliyah Johnson with us today. I, Aaliyah, thank you so much for being with us. It, it's a privilege for us to get to talk to you and highlight you um, on this podcast. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank y'all for having me. <laughs> no problem. Aaliyah has been with SFA since she was a freshman, and then she decided to stay her extra COVID year. So five years, I felt like we've watched Miss Aaliyah grow up with us. <laughs> yes, for sure. And since you have been with us from the beginning, we just thought, you know, how better else to pay tribute to you than to have you on by yourself and, you know, highlight what you've done for SFA. Um, your dad, uh, I call him Papa Johnson. He had shared mm -hmm. some stats. So I'm going to quickly go through those career stats um, for our audience. So Aaliyah has a total of 560 points, 265 rebounds, 153 assists, 53 steals, 63 three-pointers for a total of 125 and 28 career record while she was in at SFA. On top of that, I think one of the things that I'll remember her most for are all those blocks, seven <laughs> at SFA <laughs> and blocks with 121 blocks while she was with us. And then this season, I mean, the, I mean, we could just go on and on and on. And then this season, you also got um, whack all academic honors this season. So what fabulous stats those um, like congratulations on all that. That's amazing. Thank you very much. I yeah. appreciate it. An accomplishment. Um, can you share, summarize, um, your basketball journey. You can start wherever you want, like when you first started playing or high school and getting to SFA and your journey at SFA, wherever you want to start. But you, can you kind of like share that experience with us? Yes, I can. So my earliest basketball memory and like the most pivotal one starts when I was five years old and my family was at my older sister's basketball practice. So I guess she was in third grade. So she was eight. And I just remember being so enamored with everything that was going on, watching them catch the ball, throw the ball, shoot the ball, run up and down the court. And I remember um, playing on the baseline in like the corner of the gym and I had a ball and I was throwing it up on the wall, pretending like I was shooting. And I just remember loving it so much. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is everything. And I was five years old. So I guess that's when I fell in love with the game. And after that, I never looked back. 
And um, <laughs> yeah, so my first, the first team I ever played on was called the Highlighters because we wore neon yellow t-shirts <laughs> and it was like a little league in the, in the town that we grew up in. And actually we didn't win one game. I didn't win one game on that team. And after every loss, I would bawl my eyes out. Oh. I would cry so hard. And the team actually did win one game, but I wasn't there. It was over Thanksgiving break and my family went out of town. So the one game we won on that team, I wasn't a part of. So, but that was the last team I ever played for that didn't experience winning. So after that, I played on probably five or six different club teams throughout elementary school, middle school. And then right before high school started, I joined a, um, competitive like AAU team that goes on the circuit that mm-hmm. uh, travels and plays in front of college recruiters. Right. And that team was called Missouri Phenom. So um, through that team and some of the recruitment of my older sister, I ended up committed to another university before okay. Stephen F. Austin. Uh, it was Southeast Missouri State University. And that's where my older sister was committed to. Right. And um, she ended up leaving that school and coming to SFA. And that's basically how I ended up at SFA um, and, and deciding to come here. Cause I hadn't known that it existed prior to her coming. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, I had a lot of, I had a lot of fun in high school basketball too. I won some conference championships, played in one state championship game, had a couple of district championships. But uh, after that, graduating from there and being done with club ball, came to SFA my first summer, July, 2017. Um, and really the rest is history. I had a great, um, collegiate career and I don't think I had, I certainly didn't have the best individual career, uh, in terms of stats, but I had an amazing time. I had a super fulfilling career. I had so much fun. I was able to be a part of a winning program for five years. Uh, and I just had the best time ever. So I'm super grateful for that that my sister's practice where I fell in love with the game because I never would have thought everything that came after that would have happened. Yeah, for sure. And like the, for me now, the Johnson family is just synonymous <laughs> with SFA. I will never right. like think of women's basketball and not think of the Johnson family and, and vice versa. But even though, you know, you're saying your individual stats aren't there, but Aaliyah, like, I don't, I don't know. And I may be speaking for Vanessa and for other people, but it's like when you when you were on the bench, when you're out playing, like, I don't know, I just got a sense of calm, like, oh, hey, Leah's in, like, I'm not going to worry about anything. I don't know, you just brought this sense of, it's weird to explain, like, to articulate, and I don't know, I think Coach Kellogg maybe put it into perspective when he said that you were, you know, the the mother of the team, you mm-hmm. know? And, and I don't know, it's like, okay, like a reliable player, you know, out there supporting everybody. And it's a team, it's a team effort, not just an individual sport, you know? So, for sure. Yeah. So I think your influence, you know, was great for the team and also for fans. You've always been so gracious and I don't know, V, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Like to piggyback off of that, I think. I think it's that level of, okay, we've got this, you know, anytime you're on the court, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, like you said, the level of calmness, just knowing yeah. that um, the team has your back and you have the team's back mm-hmm. and it's always fun and a pleasure to watch you uh, yeah. because of that. Yeah. Um, you might thank not y'all. be calm, but you exuded that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you for that. For sure. Is there a, a particular game this season that, you know, 
you were really proud of or, you know, you were like, man, I'm, I'm going to remember that game for a while from this past season? Um, there's probably three that I thought about. The first one would definitely be our game against Houston at home yep. very early in the season. So, yes. uh, you know, we lost to them last year at their house by yep. two points, super two points. close game. And this year we came out, beat them by over 20 points. And um, I had I made three threes that game. Uh, and I felt really confident and I felt the support of my teammates, and my coaching staff. And then we had the men's team sitting courtside cheering us on. So I'll never forget that game. That was yeah. a super fun experience. Yes, it was. And the second one would probably be our game versus McNeese this year. We played them at home. Okay. And, th- you know, there was some chatter last year that they should have been the, you know, the Southland Conference tournament champions. And they thought that they were deserving of it. And so they wanted to come and play us the following year. And, you know, we didn't do too much talking. We just went out there and played and ended up winning by, I think, over 30 points. And, you know, we did it with class and respect, and we just did what we do. And that was a lot of fun. So I'll never forget winning in that fashion. And uh, then the last one would definitely be North Carolina in the NCAA tournament. Yes. Um, You know, we ended up obviously losing by 13 points, but we led for basically three and a half quarters. And I just remember – especially in the first half and a little bit of, and most of the third, like watching my teammates play with so much confidence yeah, and seeing them do what they did all year against a North Carolina and just do it fearlessly and with so much belief in ourselves. Uh, I'll never forget that watching my teammates go out there and do that. And it was so much fun and we had so much confidence in ourselves and um, how the coaching staff had prepared us. So I'll never, ever forget that experience in that game. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. I, I think, you know, V and I were there at uh, uh, Arizona to, to watch y'all. And, and I, I definitely concur with what you're saying. Everybody played with confidence and um, the whole stadium, with the exception of that group of North Carolina fans, were rooting for y'all, like all the Arizona yeah. fans were pro SFA. And, um, and let me tell you that Houston game, Vanessa. <laughs> That was a blast, I think, to just come in and watch y'all do what you do at home against UH after uh, the game that we had had last year. And, of course, we went to that because we're in the Houston area. And, Mm -hmm. you know, being COVID and knowing that uh, UH had strict policies, we felt comfortable going to that. And it was an in-it-to-win-it, you know, type situation. And y'all were in it 100% of the way. And, and, you know, it comes down to the end of it. But um, coming back... Back and watching y'all beat them by the over 20 points. That was a blast. It was so uh, yeah. <laughs> It's definitely one of the highlighted games from for you know this past season for me too. And I think when when we went to UH and watched y'all play last year, that was the game that we were like, hold up. This this team is super special. Like Mm -hmm. this is gonna be a special year, you know, and of course, pretty much everybody came back with the the exception of a couple, we're like, hey, let's let's do a repeat. So yeah, we loved that game. Um, and then this past season, when you be, oh yes, I I could watch that game over and over again for sure. Yeah. So, how do you feel the difference was between conferences this year? Of course, coming out of the Southland and into the Western Athletic Conference, the WAC. Um, was it the travel more intense for you this season? Was there more intense games? Do you feel like, or well, what overall? What was your general feeling for that transition? 
Uh, it was a great transition. It was a lot of fun. We didn't going into we didn't know what to expect. We still believed that we were the best and at the top of the conference. So nothing about our nothing from our side changed from that. But definitely, I would say the level of competition across the board in the WAC was higher than the Southland. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though, my first couple years in the Southland competition level was high, and there was a lot of teams that could go out there and compete and. It changed a little bit our last couple years in the Southland, but I do want to give the Southland credit for that. But um, one of the main differences in the WAC was there were so many different styles of play. Oh, okay. uh, there were dribble drive teams. There were five out teams. There were teams that all they did was shoot the three. There was teams who heavily were post dominant. Uh, so there were a lot of different looks and a lot of different styles of basketball that we had to prepare for uh, on a nightly basis that was different from the Southland. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's interesting, Aaliyah. Like, I haven't even thought about it from that, from that yeah. point of view. That's so you you really had to be able to pivot from game to game more so than in the past. Absolutely, absolutely, and different styles of defense and different presses. I mean, we didn't get pressed too much, but there was just a lot of different elements that were super different. That the coaching staff did a great job of getting us ready for every night, and it was definitely different. Uh, from the Southland in that regard. And then, yeah, the travel was definitely insane. Probably I rode more planes this year in my life than probably all the other years of my life put together. We had three-game road trips, so we were on the road for like seven days, mm-hmm. um, catching connecting flights, uh, lots of travel, carrying our big luggage across the airport. That wasn't fun. Uh, and one of the other differences like, was playing in different elevations. So when we went and played mm-hmm. Grand Canyon, Dixie State, Utah Valley, that was kind of hard on the lungs. That was definitely different from the Southland. Uh, But, yeah, it was all well worth it. Leah, when you're you're doing that, do you get tired quicker with those elevations? Uh, I would say it's like your breath is shorter. It's like you can't catch your breath as well. And your chest burns, and it typically takes like a half to get adjusted to it. And then the second half, you usually find a way to get your breathing right and get accommodated. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That's something I, I think we, we didn't even think about, you know, we kind of take that for granted, you know, watching y'all on TV or whatever, and then mm-hmm. have to factor in those different variables. And I also think probably having to pivot and in, in playing all those different kinds of play, like you're talking about, just makes you a better team and a better, better player. Absolutely. It, it's, it made us super adaptable, kept us on our toes. Uh, we couldn't relax. There was no night that you could take off. And we didn't have the culture where we took nights off, but um, it just reinforced the fact that you just have to be on your game and um, on our scouting report, super heavy for each night. Yeah, yeah. I definitely credit the coaches for getting y'all prepared for all those different teams, for sure. Absolutely. So you were able to be in two NCAA appearances last year when y'all played Georgia Tech here in Texas. And then this year you played um, UNC in Arizona. Um, Can you talk a little bit about those two differences? Of course, last year you didn't have get to have fans um, because of COVID this year, you know, that was almost a sellout crowd (laughs) played in front of, in front of, and then also there was so much social media chatter about, the big difference and, you know, the big discrepancy between women's basketball and and men's basketball during the NCAA tournament. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So uh, my first experience of going to NCAA tournament last year was the COVID year, Mm -hmm. um, as you just said, and it was amazing. I mean, it felt like a dream come true just to be there. 
And there were a lot of different elements going on that weren't, that didn't happen normally at the NCAA tournament. You know, we had, there was strict COVID testing. There was strict protocol. Each girl, each player was in their, um, their own room. Um, you know, we had to isolate from each other basically for like the first five days that we got there. And honestly, that may have been one of the best parts is having your own room because that's like you never get that. So that was amazing. Space to yourself. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun with that. Like we played games in the hallway once we were cleared to be out of our rooms and all that stuff. So we had so much fun. But there was also a lot of nerves going on because we didn't know if someone was going to, you know, test positive when we were going to testing. So it was super nerve wracking. Uh, and we were praying a lot, just going through that whole process, just asking God to cover us. And he did. And we ended up being able to play. Um but an amazing experience. And I will say that I personally didn't even recognize the discrepancies until I saw the videos that like Sedona Prince had posted mm-hmm. online because, uh, you know, we knew that the food wasn't that great, but we didn't realize that men were getting fed like, you know, amazing platters and, you yeah. know, they had everything laid out. We didn't know that. And we didn't know uh, that the weight room, like I saw the stack of dumbbells and I didn't think anything of it. I didn't know the men had an entire weight room set up. Right. Until it was posted. So it was kind of crazy uh, being in it and watching it happen. But you didn't even realize. Right. Uh, because we were all so grateful to be there. Yeah. So we weren't too much focused on that. But when we saw, we were like, wow, that's super disheartening. Yes. yes. Um, and so the second NCAA tournament felt just as much gratitude. and it, But it felt different because we really, really felt like we belonged there. And we did the first year. But like this year, it's like, we earned this. We deserve to be here. You know, we got this 12 seed again. We're going to get against North Carolina and we're prepared and we're ready. Yes. Um, so it just felt like it didn't feel like deja vu because it was so much different than the first experience. Mm-hmm. But um, it just felt great to be there again. It just really felt great. And I would say that I don't know. I think they improved upon the discrepancies from the first year. I think they had a weight room and things like that. And the food was better. Um, and of course, we were in isolation. But I think getting out of like losing in the first round, we didn't get to experience all those improvements. Yeah. yeah. I think we would have been able to experience more of that in the second and third and, you know, stuff like that. But they were, they were both super different, but once in a lifetime experiences and they were amazing. For sure. Does the difference of the, or what difference does having fans or not having fans make on you as a player? Uh, it's a huge difference. I mean, the fans give us energy. They support us. They help us, you know, maybe if we're down or they give us life when we need it. So they make a huge difference. And I'll say at the first tournament, we did have like, we had close family and friends. Like, Mm -hmm. so we did have an intimate group of fans and that was awesome having them there. Mm -hmm. And then this, uh, when we played at Arizona versus North Carolina, of course, a lot of those fans were not our fans, but they ended up cheering for us and the energy and the excitement and the sound and the loudness that they created in that arena was everything. And it felt, yeah. it felt very surreal. It felt like what you wait your whole life to experience. Oh. And it makes a huge difference just seeing people who are there for you. Uh, and just seeing you guys there in Arizona made a huge difference for us. So having fans be there, it was super, it felt super isolating. Not being able to like even speak to our family after games. We just had to wave to them in the stands and see y'all later, talk to y'all on the phone. Uh, being able to actually commune with our fans after games, I think was the biggest difference for me. Getting to hug people, you know, ask them how they're doing and them tell us we played well. That's what I missed the most from that COVID year of playing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
So, Aliyah, obviously you've been with SFA from the jump. Uh, we would love to know a little bit more about you and your academic pursuits, you know, getting the WAC All Academics Honors. That's no easy feat as an athlete and to do it at the level that you did. So can you kind of go into what you, you know, did with your undergrad and then now grad school? Yes, ma'am. So I actually took some dual credit classes in high school. So I came into college my first summer with some college credit. And that enabled me to graduate in three years. So I graduated in August of 2020 with a bachelor's in sports business. And uh, I had planned on just working in sports. I didn't know what I was going to do specifically. I had a bunch of different ideas and I hadn't really chosen one of them. But I was like, let me just get this sports business degree. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed my course coursework, my professors. Like I really love the College of Business here at Stephen F. Austin. And I had a lot of fun uh, pursuing that degree. And after that, I had one year remaining. So I thought, and I was like, okay, I don't really have time to finish a master's. So I'm just going to start another bachelor's undergraduate degree. And I tried psychology for one semester and that was not the route that I should have taken. <laughs> so I got out of that. And then my spring semester of my fourth year, I, I did human development and family studies and that was fine. That was cool, but I, it, it didn't interest me at all. Uh, and then months passed and I figured out and, and realized that I was going to play a fifth year. So I was like, okay, I had to start my master's now. And I knew that I wanted to work in college in some capacity um, and most likely with student athletes. And there wasn't like a, a sports leadership master's program here or anything. Right. So I said, why don't I just do student affairs and higher education? So uh, I did that this year, both semesters, and I enjoyed it a lot. I learned a lot. Um, and so I'm in the process of completing that degree. And um, in terms of earning academic, or I'm not even sure how you say academic all honors or? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a, a great honor. Uh, there's definitely a level of, there's a high standard that coach has for us in terms of academics and you know, we're here to get our degree and play basketball. And so that was always the standard that we played by. And then that was the standard that I grew up with uh, in my family. Like academics were prioritized in the household. So uh, I was surprised. I didn't even realize. I mean, I did get a 4.0, but I hadn't even thought about it translating into um, an honor. So I was super pleased and proud of that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I I have my master's degree in, in, in psychology. I'm actually a mental health specialist. So it's, it's funny when you're like, oh, I did psychology. Nope, not for me. Yeah, <laughs> but, it was tough. You no, know, I have that experience of, and Vanessa's in a master's degree program as well. Like, you know, just living regular life and not playing a full-time sport, you know, that's competitive at the collegiate level. Grad school is like difficult enough, you mm -hmm. know? It's hard for me to wrap around being committed like y'all are to a collegiate sport and doing grad school on top of that and getting academic honors on top of that. That's just that speaks to, you know, you and your family and also to our coaches and what kind of, you know, students that we recruit. And that's that's amazing. I think that's amazing. Congratulations on that, Aaliyah, for Thank sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And also to, you know, add on to that, I know, um, were you in the first, were you in the first cohorts of graduating with that sports business um, bachelor's? Uh, like when it, when the program first happened? Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know if I was the very first class to graduate, but 
uh, I, I remember Dr. Reese discussing like uh, sports business and masters that he was developing. So I don't know if I was the first mm. for the undergrad. Okay. Okay. Cause I know it was just forming, I graduated in 2019. So it was just, maybe it was the masters that I'm thinking of that was just forming, um, with the sports business, but that's not an easy feat to go through either. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some, some people may think, oh, well sports and business, but that college of business at SFA is actually really, um, sturdy, I guess, For sure. as a, <laughs> as a, um, college within the university. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that's really awesome. And to see more women in sports, I know there's, um, I have colleagues and cohorts that are going through that process now of where they want to put their fruit, foot through the door. And so, um, yeah, that's definitely something that is intriguing and really cool to like put two and two together with your, you know, uh, student affairs and sports business yes, degrees. Yeah, lots lots of opportunity for your future. We can't wait to follow you and and see what happens. Um, finally, Aaliyah, can you talk about as being both a player and a fan of the sport and a fan of, of women's sports in general? What would you like to see happen for women's basketball, and and how can we as fans and alumni um, help reach, you know, what you kind of have envisioned? Um, when I think about like how women's sports can improve and how we can advance, you know, women athletes as a whole, I start with uh, women and girls and female athletes becoming undeniable at their craft. So I think it's super important that we start there with really pouring into and investing. If you if you choose to participate in a sport and play it, to do so at a high level and to be competitive. Uh, once you get to collegiate and professional, of course, I mean, I understand there's youth sports and things like that. But I think it's super important that we continue to produce high level elite performing female athletes. I think that's super important that the talent is there and that the skill level is there. Um, and we don't want, there's really no room for mediocrity when we're trying to advance the sport. So I think that's super important. Uh, so I want girls and young women to invest in themselves. Um, and then I think when it comes to other people investing in women's sports, I, I aspire to be a collegiate coach, like a women's basketball coach at a university. Okay. So I would love to mirror what Dawn Staley has done at South Carolina. It really seems Mm -hmm. to me that she has gotten the entire university on board for not only empowering women's basketball, but empowering women athletes. And uh, I watched their their kind of press conference that they did when they came back to university and they had the president speaking. They had the AD speaking. um, They had the student body and fans. And it's like everybody was so gun ho for women's basketball and women's sports. And they wore shirts that said worth on them. And it was all about you know, the worthiness of female athletes and the women's basketball program. So I think uh, getting a university to put their dollars and their resources uh, into women's sports is a huge deal, a huge deal. Um, So when it comes to fans, I mean, I just want fans to invest in women's sports as well. And I think that's uh, a huge reason why women's sports has to continue elevating and, be, and becoming high level athletes and being elite at what they do. So people want to come and watch. And I think, um, and not that they aren't now because there are people who, who, who choose not to invest, even though there's high level women out here performing. But I think as, as that continues to increase, um, and it's, it's really just, is where you put your money is where you really pour in resources. So I think fans have to spend money, on jerseys and they have to buy tickets to 
women's games collegiately and also professionally. I would love to see, you know, the WNBA expand and offer more teams because there's so much talent that doesn't get to really play and showcase because there's not enough teams, but it, it all has to do with money. So I think if fans could invest in the game and then also businesses and companies, I think something as simple as advertising dollars, um, yeah. I think people have to tune into women's sports. So then companies say, okay, well, we can put our money in these ads and spend it because we know a lot of people will be watching. So I think it's just, it's kind of like a, a cyclical thing and uh, things have to happen for the next thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in terms of an, another thing in advancing women's sports, I also want the conversation to be less about women, like womanhood when it comes to sports. Uh, and what I mean by that is I think when you watch men play, any sport is not, it's never about, this is a man doing something at such a high level. Like he's, he's doing this skill and he's performing it so well. But when you hear commentary about women's sports, it's like, oh, she's a woman doing this at such a high level. And I don't think there's anything wrong mm-hmm. with that, but why can't she sometimes just be an athlete who's performing at a high level? We don't make right. men, their, their performance about their gender, but we always make right. women's performance about their gender. And although it's amazing for a woman to come back after carrying a child, delivering a child, and come back and perform her sport at a high level, sometimes it can also be about she's just an athlete performing at a high level. Mm-hmm. So I think there has to be a balance of that because I want to continue to uplift women. I don't want to diminish the beauty and the excellence that comes from women performing in sports, but I also want it to be about their high-level athletes performing in sports. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Miss mm-hmm. Aaliyah coming with, you know, some hot takes here. Love it. And, and, you, and you, that's right. You're, you're totally right. Like, and why do we always have to bring gender into it? You know, make it that they're, you know, just a great athlete and, you know, beating their stats year after year and competing on a, on a high level. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think there can be a balance. I never want to say yeah. to never mention that she's a woman because being a woman is a beautiful thing. It's an honorable thing, but I don't think it has to be everything about the sport that they play. Right. Mm-hmm. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. I think, um, and Vanessa and I were going to talk a little bit about our experience at Arizona and attending that um, game against UNC. We stayed, um, I think, about to the fourth quarter, V, for the Arizona. Yeah. Oh, who did they play? Come on, y'all know. Who did they play? Ooh, did they I forgot. Las Vegas? Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. UNLV? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so as soon as Coach Barnes comes, you know, the stadium like filled up, the arena filled up like even more, you know, after, you know, our game finished, but it was still like, it was still pretty full, you know, during, you know, our game. And like I said, all the Arizona fans were cheering for us and they were talking to us afterwards. It was, it was, it was a really pleasurable experience for V and I as fans, you know, from the fan perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but then girl, as soon as coach Barnes comes out, walks out in her like suit and heels and stuff, that whole arena just erupted and, you know, fans were on their feet and cheering for her. And I remember Vanessa and I just looking at each other and being like, wow, that is so cool because she has so much respect in Arizona, you know, talking to fans beforehand and afterwards and just that whole arena erupting into applause and ovation 
for this, you know, great woman's women coach, you know, mm-hmm. was, oh my God, I haven't experienced it in my 40 years of living. So it was really cool to, you know, just witness that and hear that, you know, and, and for this almost sellout crowd for, oh, you know, a women's basketball game, granted it was the turn, you know, in the tournament, but I know they get really great turnout, you know, in the mm-hmm. regular season too. It was just, we were like, oh my gosh, this is what we expect for men's, you know, games or what men's game receive, what they receive. And I'm like, this is what every, every woman's basketball team should aim for, you know, is to get this amount of crowd, this amount of excitement, you know, for a women's basketball game. It was, I don't know. It's hard to articulate Vanessa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I bet. I I love the, um, the culture that kind of comes with, and I guess it's men's basketball coaches too, but I, I focus a lot on women's basketball coaches and then mm-hmm. how like the ones who reach the top and become super successful, like gain this sort of celebrity. And I love mm-hmm. it because all of them are still so humble. And at the end of the day, they're basketball coaches and they're doing it at a high level. But I love, I love that admiration that comes from the fans for especially women head basketball coaches. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it, I just really hadn't been a part of something like that before. It just really blew me away. And I love, like you said, I loved it. Like, that's what every team should aspire to be like, you know, every program, mm-hmm. um, you know, and if you st- if you set those goals and expectations, I think that's like the first step, you know, for your program. But absolutely. Aaliyah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we will continue to be a huge fan of yours, support you no matter what avenue in life you take, you know, job wise, if you ever need anything down here in the Houston area, I know Vanessa and I are, would be, you know, gracious that we'd love to help you out in any way we can. Um, and thanks for taking time out of your day to speak to us. We really appreciate yeah. it. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me and thank y'all for supporting uh, SFA basketball for so long. All the time, girl. All right. Bye-bye. Vanessa, is there something else you want to talk about with that experience? I know that's how we were going to kind of wrap up today. It kind of went in that direction anyway, but. Yeah, I think to just add on to it, um, just that environment of the University of Arizona and to build off of what Aliyah said, just investing in your craft as athletes. And of course, with recruitment, you know, that goes into how coaches filter out and decide who they want to join their teams. But then also just the investment of the fans, the the universities, the sports departments, everyone in general to produce those types of atmospheres. I mean, the University of Arizona could have decided not to invest in their women's basketball program, host this event because they have the size and the scope and then no one show up. And then that environment just isn't created. It's one of those things that, like you mentioned, you haven't experienced in, you know, your, your lifetime as a a fan. And same for me, I was just in so much awe and um, just coming from a a university that does have a lot of respect for our women's basketball program, just to see that there is more to offer for these ladies and for the sport in it of itself. If, you have more of those corporate sponsorships come out and see those types of environments and see that, yes, you can have a crowd standing in 
not sitting until the first bucket is made. Yes, you can have a crowd that has chants so loud they disrupt the offense of the other team. Like that's possible. And it's nice to see. It was heartwarming. And it was also just um, an end to a very, you know, kind of like sad end for us, but also very, you know, uplifting because that's just the future. There's more. There's more, and and that's kind of why we're here to talk more about what women in sports can do, what the sports world can do for for these athletes and coaches and everyone involved. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And of course, SFA is unique in that we have a you know storied history of having a great women's basketball program, and how mm-hmm. it, you know. The Coliseum used to be standing room early uh, only, you know, with, mm-hmm. with our women's program. And, you know, we're, we're trying to get back to that and back to that level. And definitely with the past few years of, you know, going to the NCAA and going to the WNIT, we're, we're working our way back to that. But just me personally, um, you know, when that was going on, I, I was like 10. You know, I was, right. I was a little girl, so I didn't get to experience that. Um, but I've heard about it and I've seen pictures and I just, I can't wait for that to happen again. And I think we're heading on a good trajectory, but it just, it takes continued investment um, mm-hmm. and continued support. Um, uh, like Aaliyah is saying, I know our experience in Tucson was, was pretty, was pretty awesome. Be the, yeah. the basketball arena and uh, Tucson was very comfortable. It was easy to get around. Um, the people were super nice. Like, you know, you interacted a lot more with, you know, uh, like concession and. Um, right. I completely forgot the every time I went to concession or maybe to the restroom, just walking up and down those steps, I was stopped by somebody, at least two or three people each time I made a trip. And they said, go Texas. Or they were like, go purple or go lumberjacks. They just saw us and they wanted to support. So I thought that was really awesome. Um, yeah. And just fans in general, they were like, is this your first time to Arizona? What have you done mm-hmm. in Tucson? They were just like super, you know, nice and friendly and helpful and wanted us to really experience their city, um, which is definitely a college town too on a bigger scale than Nacogdoches, of course, but right. um, um, I, I grew up in El Paso and I, I kept telling Vanessa, this reminds me so much of El Paso. To, yep, it is pretty much the size and everything is very similar to El Paso. Um, very easy to get around, you know, lots of young people, lots of restaurants. Um, we had a really enjoyable time. The Tucson airport's super easy to fly in and out of in case y'all are ever headed in that direction. Um, so we had a really good time. We got there, you know, a few days ahead of time just to kind of have a little vacation since it was our spring break and we really enjoyed it. And I was happy to be able to experience a place I hadn't been before. Um, and I would be, you know, excited to go back there, um, for a game and the oh, for sure. It was a great atmosphere, just everything. And the fans that were there were, I mean, you saw all ages, all demographics, you know, supporting women's basketball. That was something that I'll never forget too, you know, and they were all in it from, you know, older retired people to students. They were all in it. I think that was just super fun to get to experience um, and witness. So 
I mean, also to kind of add on to what, uh, you know, Aaliyah was saying with investment, I, I'm not sure if we've mentioned it before, but of course we can always, you know, promote SFA more in the Purple Lights Fund. If you go directly to the Purple Lights Fund website, um, you know, just Google search Purple Lights Fund SFA, you'll see that there's sections and and parts for you to donate to these athletes here at our university. And if you're like, yeah, I want to invest in beach volleyball or bowling or tennis or women's basketball, like you can, you know, you, you can listen here (laughs) and continue to get better perspective on what we're learning from the coaches, athletes and staff, but then also, you know, more donations on that end too. Yeah. You can donate to a specific sport. And then I think, or I think there's just a general fund. Um, mm-hmm. I like to give to s- specific sports myself, um, but that's just a personal preference. Um, but that that's the best way to ensure that, you know, money that you're donating goes directly um, to women's sports, if that's your thing or, you know, whatever, whatever you, you want it to be earmarked for. Um, I know we're going to wrap up. We will be back later on in the week have another couple of special guests we would like to highlight and talk with. Um, I would be remiss though, if we didn't quickly talk about our bowling team, our women's bowling team who has just been killing it. They've had a great season. They're the runner up champions for the NCAA tournament. And then the very next week um, they were the champions for the USBC um, organization, which was televised here last week, I believe on CBS sports. So congratulations, um, to our bowling team that just kills it year after year. Congrats to coach Amber, um, Limke and, and her coaching crew, i.e. her husband. Um, so th- that's amazing. And also Chloe, um, she, uh, was the individual women's champ. So congrats to her. Hopefully we will be hearing from them uh, in the near future. And finally, last but certainly not least, I believe our softball team wrapped up um, and clinched the South Division uh, regular season uh, WAC conference championship uh, today or yesterday. I can't quite remember when, but um, we'll have some more information on that later as well. So congrats to both programs. They just continue to represent um, SFA extremely well, and we couldn't be more proud of them. So until later, Axum. Axum.